0: everybody welcome to episode 104 of so what's been happening um, on a uh, balmy kind of monday night actually 20 25th of september um look forward to this one uh this is a chat kind of uh me and a couple of members from the band of arabella and the heist um i've been hitting these guys up for a little while to try and get an, a chat and an interview um, about the new ep they're released um the backwards plus a little bit of a chat about uh, music in general, uh, a little bit of influences um, and the classic uh, first kind of conversations um, in relation to their first musical memories and all sorts of things. So what we're going to do is we're going to just quickly touch on tomorrow night's episode uh, 105 with Jeb Cardwell. Uh, This is a good one. Um, If you haven't seen Jeb Cardwell before, um, he's an incredible artist in his own right, Um, plays in a few bands, um, but he's especially, he's released his solo album uh, not long ago and it's got a free gig on Thursday night at Lully uh, Tavern. So get along to that. Uh, if you're into your Americana uh, style music, uh, Jeb's a super talent. So look forward to having a chat to him tomorrow night. But tonight it's all about Arabella and the heist. All right, this uh, four piece uh, rock number from Melbourne. Australia uh, are doing big things at the moment, uh, big sound, um, and look forward to having a chat to these guys. So let's bring up uh, the guys here. G'day. How are you guys? Welcome. Oh,
1: good. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank no you. problem. Thank you. Um, what else would you be doing on a crazy Monday night, right? The Brown lights. <top of everyone. laughs> Um, welcome, firstly, to episode 104 of So What's Been Happening. It's going to be good to uh, have a little chat about your musical journey journey uh, so far. Um, I know it's uh, it's been, oh, it's like everything. It's been, I'm sure, with trials and tribulations along the way, but we look forward to having a chat about uh, kind of where it's up to now and, and the exciting things happening with you guys. So um, we've got um, Joe Humphreys, guitarist. Yep, Not hey. just a guitarist. Uh, you're more than that, Joe. You're under- <laughs> underselling yourself. Um, <laughs> Arabella. Um, welcome, Holly. Hey. All right, guys, we're going to, um, we're going to kick off pretty much um, with a question we kind of uh, normally hit up and have a chat about. And that's really your first kind of musical memory. Um, it can be from anywhere. But how young were you and what's really that memory for you? Let's go back a little. Do you bit. have
1: one right off the top of your head?
0: Musical memory. Oh, actually, yeah, I do have. A, I do have one.
2: It's uh, basically
1: unmute. How's that? Yeah, that's good. Oh, cool, awesome. Um, yes, Bjork.
2: Yeah, Bjork. Um, I don't know if you know the Bjork song "Oh So Quiet." Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah. Um, he, my mum used to play that a lot, and I remember dancing around the living room. Uh, The bit where she goes, oh so quiet, like really sneaky, and then as soon as the big band comes in, just exploding and running around the living room, and that was as a kid, and that's probably one of my first
0: memories. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Do you remember roughly how old you were?
2: Oh, would have been, would have been around, probably around five.
0: Yeah, 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 cool, cool. All right, what about you, Holly?
1: I have one of those weird memories that I've seen it on video. I don't fully remember it, but I remember being probably about four and losing my mind to Ramstein in the living room. There was a video of me running around just losing it. My dad had put on this Ramstein record. It was, like, crazy. But, like, actually first, like, memory, memory of mine, I I think I grew up with a lot of punk, so, like, my dad was, like, playing the Stranglers and stuff. They're probably like, Around
0: and stuff with my dad yeah cool that's uh two very different uh <laughs> memories for yeah. sure yeah. but uh all part of what makes up the magic of music right um yeah. it can be uh all sorts of influences but interesting to hear that it's a very punky rock kind of influence from your family um holly and there's no doubt that that's uh moved on to where you are today but not always necessarily where you were um Instruments guys, first first instruments picked up. Um, what really was it for you, uh Joe? And has it always been
2: guitar? Uh it actually hasn't. Um when I was in primary school in England, um, I remember we had a music teacher come in uh, with all the instruments, and they're mainly like brass and woodwind, like trumpets. And basically it was an open day with all the instruments and it was try which ones you want, and then if you want, do lessons afterwards. Um it turned out that I was the only person in the school at that age that could play the French horn I, uh, I just picked it up and I could make a noise out of it um, the music teacher told me to take it home learn it and learn instrument that, like have lessons on it I think I took a couple of lessons absolutely hated it and I remember <laughs> remember like, basically crying to this instructor He's like, I'm not I don't want to do this I don't want to do this instrument and then I think I believe my granddad had an acoustic guitar and like one of the classical Basically a nylon string, and then I think I remember picking that up, and then kind of slowly progressing and having lessons from there. And that was where the guitar kind of came in.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So definitely a bit of music uh, on both sides uh, of the of the of the equator, or uh, there um, for sure. Um, and what at what stage did you come to Australia? Uh,
2: ooh, it's about sixteen years ago now. So yeah, or almost half my life. I think.
0: Yeah. You're almost a local. We'll we'll claim yeah. you now. Um, yeah. when, you, when it's when it's more than half your life, obviously we'll take you. We'll keep you. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> welcome anyway, mate. And I'm sure you uh, consider yourself um, pretty much an Aussie anyway. Um, if not, we're going to call you one anyway. So <laughs> um,
2: it, was, it was fun during the um, FIFA World Cup when both teams played each other. I, I didn't
0: yes. have a lose essentially. <laughs> no, but but the question is, who? Which side were you actually on? Yeah, well, Matilda's, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. Well done. Um, all right. Your first, uh, more than likely, it was CDs for you guys. Um, and the question was was it CDs? And do you remember the first one that you bought that you paid for with your own money? Oh,
1: mine. I'm actually, I'm, I had CDs. But I actually remember because I was born in 2001, so it was kind of more p 3 players for me. Yeah, but I do hard. remember my yeah. first CD, and it was yeah. an Arctic Monkeys CD. So that's a good yeah. one. Yeah,
2: that was mine. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose the cool points here. Uh, I can't compare it to the Arctic Monkeys, but of course 90s in the UK. I believe it was probably S Club 7 or <laughs> Spice Girls at that age, <laughs> uh, that year. something something like that. I remember. I remember knowing all
0: the S dub Seven songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't hold that against you, but thanks for being honest, mate. Because uh, a yeah. lot of people aren't, and they uh, <laughs> they make up one of the cool ones. Um, but it's not necessarily always that. So, um, and then from on the back of the uh, the first ever um, music you had, really, what was um, what was the first concert you went to at a big venue?
1: Mine was Miley
0: Cyrus. Yeah, right. I... And we're flipping the charts a little bit,
1: still. <laughs> I'm a Miley Cyrus fan,
2: yeah. And uh, to go with the flipping of the charts, <laughs> mine was actually the darkness, <laughs> so oh, right. it was on the highway to Altor, And yeah. I remember very that,
0: nice. so yeah, <laughs> yeah, very nice. Um, and and guitar obviously, you, you talked about um switching over to guitar. What age was kind of that? What age did you really? Um, obviously, you picked up a guitar, but what age did you really kind of take it seriously? And um, well, you... I,
2: yeah, I kind of had lessons from about, I believe it was probably about eight years old, and kind of played on and off till I was about twelve or thirteen, I believe, and then I got distracted by surfing and skateboarding, and uh, and then the move here eventuated and my guitar went into storage. Uh, I didn't actually play guitar for about three years and even when I, and then I lived here uh, about a year living here and then one of my friends actually played guitar and then I was with him and I was like, oh, I should probably get my guitar out of storage and play with you. Like, yeah. And then we, that was, yeah, that was probably when I was about 16. So pretty much from 16 to now or 17 to now is like when I kind of started playing again.
0: Okay, okay. Um, first band. What uh, what was its name, and what was the lineup? What what did it look like?
2: Uh, first band for me was in the UK. Uh, we were a band called The Extract. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> right. <was> yeah. <laughs> uh, we had we had one I'd say original song, and we I remember we recorded it on our friend's MP3 player. His MP3 player had a microphone. so we managed to record something onto that and I can't remember what website it was at the time but we uploaded it to that, it's terrible I hope no one can find it, (laughs) they probably will now and the other song we played was Papa Roach, Cut My Life Into Pieces Oh, Last Resort is the name of that song I I didn't quite know what the lyrics were at the time when I was singing them, like what they quite meant and what the whole meaning of the song was but we thought it was a fun-serving song
1: absolutely
0: Absolutely. and brave enough to um to to put an original in there uh that must be being pretty cool at uh at that age to uh finally put your tunes out there and um not that it necessarily went anywhere in 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 that respect but it, it was good to i'm sure go through that kind of process not necessarily was it really recording i'm sure it was just getting it getting it playing live like you uh like all all great bands can pull off and um and everyone thought, or you you guys especially, thought it was going to be the greatest thing in the world.
2: Yeah. All I remember from it is my really high-pitched, squeaky English accent introducing the song and the band name. Did you sing? <laughs> I was a singer, but I hated it. I really hated it. But out of the group of mates, we had like five of us who played guitar and I was the worst at playing guitar. So, therefore, I became the singer. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: isn't that interesting um, how it can happen? Um And speaking of being a singer, obviously we cross to you now, Holly. Um, Tell us a little bit about your kind of uh, musical journey from the start, really, for you, because it wasn't always necessarily being in a a band like it is now.
1: No. um, Well, I sort of – I grew up around a lot of music, and in our house we had this beautiful old piano that was like an heirloom, and everyone sort of twiddled on it, and I did not know any theory. But I kind of, um, I kind of would mess around with it, figure out chords, and then I, I um, eventually started writing songs. And then I sort of thought about it, was like, I don't really want to be a keyboard player. Um, I'd actually much rather like, because I was starting to get more into like that kind of rocky stuff. I was maybe like early teens, and I was like, maybe I start playing guitar. So I picked up, I went <laughs> and bought like. This Ibanez that was like super like metal looking. It's got like horns, and I just started playing just like indie rock on it, and um, did solo stuff for a while, and then felt I needed a band, so I brought these boys in.
0: Fantastic. Um, yeah. So you mentioned a couple of instruments there. What what was first for you?
1: Oh, um, definitely piano. Just because I found it. It's interesting. I don't play guitar live now because I find it too much to do the singing and the guitar at once, whereas with piano I sort of found it an instrument I didn't have to think too much about, and I found it very versatile in terms of just what I wanted to do with it. Um, so, yeah, definitely piano.
0: Okay. Yeah, nice. Um, and when did when did this band in particular uh, come together, and was there a previous band as such uh, for you as well, Holly?
1: There was there was friends I would rope in to play gigs with me and I um, kind of did like a white stripe, just guitar, vocals and drums for a while, which was a bit of fun. But, um, yeah, nothing too, too serious until I wanted to form the actual band to which I brought in people who were actual musicians and created the dedicated band. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah nice. Um- I'm kind of sensing a bit of a White Stripes cover uh, in the future, possibly for all time. Be, he's the
1: diehard
0: White Stripes fan. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, uh, I'll touch on that one a little bit later, but I fully <laughs> expect a White Stripes cover then. Um, not that I've heard all your full set, but I've heard they're very much uh, snippets and seen, seen you in a little um, part of a show at one stage. So look forward to an upcoming gig you've got uh, at the Cherry Bar, which is going to be huge on the Seventh, I think it is October. Yeah, um, we'll yeah. talk about that shortly. All right, so we will <laughs> touch on now just the um, the EP, the latest EP. Most importantly, um, the Backwoods, um, and I think you've released the first song um, off that at the moment. Is that correct? As a um, clip, or is there other songs have all been released now? So
1: the all the all the songs are out at the moment. We did um. MIA and Snakes and Weeds are the two singles off that one. Snakes and Weeds is one of the video. MIA is the crazy one that we end the set with. That's a bit glitchy. Um, yeah, the Backwards is just an amalgamation of so many different influences and sounds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna play a little. We're gonna play a little snippet. Sorry, um, I'll come back to you in a sec, um, Joe. Uh, but let's play a little snippet of Snakes and Weeds. We'll play about a minute or so and, and come back and have a chat.
1: Elia. I traveled across the open desert to the busiest the cities rest. I've been to the holiest places of the and drank with the worst and the best. And then I lost my mind just to catch it again in the mirror of passing time For the roads that brought me here will never be yours just as they weren't mine. mine They were never mine They were never mine
0: go uh we could go on and on with that it's great that's a great song guys uh congratulations um as a band for getting that together and, and a great clip too i uh, really enjoy it in
1: that video how hot
0: it was that day yeah tell us a little this. bit about that clip where where'd you shoot it um and no uh, no doubt um plenty of editing uh, along the way so just tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah we ended up shooting it i think in draft so almost up at the you' know, that that is, way up in the border um, middle and nowhere yeah, we we hired we that car and drove it yeah from from Moorabbin all the way up on up there about three and a half hours 40 degrees it was just insane
1: God, it was so hot <laughs> and that car didn't have any air conditioning and the seats were all leather and I was wearing all leather and it was it was insane. <laughs> It was a lot of fun though. Drive you don't not very often you get to say you're driving a Mustang down the highway. That's gonna
0: film a music video, so it was That's pretty true. fun. Yeah, they, say, <laughs> uh, they say drive it like you stole it, right? Or drive it like it till it ran out of petrol. Um, it almost <laughs> seems like you went that far that you you almost did. But um, who who who, <laughs> who helped that clip together and how did it come about? Because it's um it how did you choose that it was going to be a Mustang uh, and the location? How did that kind of come about?
1: I think I met Callum Bella at a party one night and I remember talking to him and I'm a massive Lana Del Rey fan and super into the Americana, desert vibes and I was like, I've recorded this song, it's called Snakes and Weeds and it needs to look desert-like and they were like, you're not going to believe it but I've just shot a photo book and it's out in the middle of nowhere and I know a spot and I'm going to go film it. And over the course of our 20-minute conversation, we just agreed we were doing it and then, like, two weeks later we are in a car driving there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Isn't it funny how something like that can just come together and the perfect fit um, and then you just got to get there Uh, and and no chance of rain, stinky hot day, um, just kind of made it work out. But, yeah, once again, congratulations on putting it together. It's a ripper of a song. uh the rest of the the rest of the songs uh six shooter i love uh on this uh, on this ep i reckon it's a classic song um and obviously mia as you said finish your sets uh with a bit of madness so uh look forward to to seeing that and and we can't forget um the first song on that on that ep as well called heaven um uh just tell us a little bit about heaven in particular um it's a it's a big term and a big word uh does the song fit
1: Um, I think that lyrically with heaven, in brackets after it, and I think it was an an upload issue, the lyrics are heaven can't bring me down. So it's this idea of feeling so high that even this this idea of the perfect place isn't perfect enough. So the idea of heaven can't bring me down from this high I'm currently on. So it's just like being in a sort of otherworldly sort of happy space. But yeah, yeah it's, cool. it it was a song that I felt when we went into the studio. I was, I feel like we just played a great gig or something. I can't remember. It was just like really electric in the studio, and I was just doing like, you know, because when we record vocals, I just kind of throw lines at a mic, and it can sound like utter gibberish. But then something will stick, and you'll be like, wait, that fits how I'm feeling. And it's not often that a song lyrics will fit how you're feeling as well as fit the song. And I was like. This is
0: perfect, this has to stay, and we built the rest of the song around that little yeah. line. Yeah, very cool. Um, and just on that, uh, what's what's really the songwriting process for you guys? What do you go through as a band um, other than hours of probably potentially <laughs> hurting each other over lyrics and guitar riffs and all sorts of things? How does it come together? I know each song might be a little bit different, but tell us in particular maybe uh, one of the songs off this EP.
2: Um, well, our process has actually changed a lot since that EP. So um, essentially everything, not everything, but most, the majority of the stuff uh, up until that EP was myself and Holly, especially during lockdown. I'd record something, send it to Holly, and we kind of just bounced forth, and there wasn't really much band involvement until we kind of went, like, here's the song, let's kind of figure it out. Um, like MIA, for example, that was me at home, um... I plugged in my guitar, made a weird noise. I looped it, and then that's the backing noise for that. And then I laid some bass and logic drums and stuff. And then we kind of went, oh, this is a finished song kind of thing. Um, Everything (laughs) moving forward. We are, we've got some songs. We've got a lot of new songs now. We've actually recorded a couple. We've got that should come out by the end of the year or the end of next year, but that's more of a band process now. So maybe one of us will send a riff or an idea into the group chat, then we'll all kind of bounce off it. And then when we get into the rehearsal space together, we'll kind of all work out the song that way, or even in a rehearsal space, just organically kind of write the songs. So it's a lot more of a band process now than it was. It was a bit more isolated beforehand.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Um, it's always interesting to talk to artists about what happened with them during lockdown. Some really went into meltdown. Uh, mode, some it was quite therapeutic, some it was relationship breakups and an unbelievable album came out of it. Um, so yeah, you hear so many different stories uh, as you hit the road again and talk to bands about. and some bands just literally gave it up. Some bands were created. So it's kind of really cool how um, well there's cool and bad elements to all that obviously, but uh, out of bad, such a bad episode, um, we all like to not talk about it anymore. Um mm-hmm. some good things actually came out of it, believe it or not. So uh, it's so, good to hear.
1: Joe kept going. I sort of took a bit of a backseat and just, you know, tried to figure myself out, which I'm very grateful that I had time to do. But Joe was just like steam engine inspiration. Mm-hmm. But you thrive in that kind of environment.
2: I, I think for me, um, don't want to harp onto it too much, but that kind of that time made me realise how much I actually enjoy being in the band and want, to do this. Mm-hmm. So it made me come out of the upside going. this is what I've got to focus on. It, I, I was, I realized I was lost without playing gigs and that, that was, that was a hard mindset getting to get into me writing. So I was at like, what's the point of me writing song if I'm not playing the show? But then eventually I just had these ideas that we then, when we came out of it, we kind of work on those. So-
0: yeah, cool. Um, well, that's ironically how, how this whole podcast came together. It was literally put together by, uh, Created in lockdown, um, literally chatting to a couple of mates. We knew the music industry was kind of stopped, stopped immediately uh, as per as per hospitality and everything else. So we started to uh, invite a couple of muso mates on. They kind of did a bit of stuff in between uh, our chats, and we really just chatted about how we felt at the time um but it's sort of progressed from there and we end up a hundred odd episodes in not all chatting music obviously but also art and sport and all sorts of things but um it's been a really good outlet and we're just now real continuing to get to know other artists uh that we haven't connected with um and also then we create friends out of that and we literally not launch careers but we keep Um, we keep the process rolling, right? And and it helps, it goes into the vault and you never know who's going to pick it up and when um, and have a little chat and we try and get to know something about the band. We don't issue questions beforehand, as you are well aware now. um, And we just talk literally off the cuff of how things are. So really appreciate your time jumping on guys um, and having a chat. So especially on a Monday night when, um, when I'm sure there's either sleeping, eating, uh, drinking or relaxing. you could be doing uh, if not. chats about
1: good music. That's what a Monday night is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I'm interested in in the lyric writing process too for you, Holly. Um, it's definitely an outlet, I believe I heard you say uh, in another interview um, yeah. that it was very much an outlet for you. So just tell us a little bit about um, your th- not so much your thought process but just kind of how you make a song come together.
1: Lyrics for me, I, I started a lot of this journey even before songwriting by doing spoken word and I was doing like slam poetry on stages and it was being 16 at the time and having a lot of like, you know, 16-year-old feelings mm. and then going, wait, this rhymes, wait, I can keep this going and then standing up on stage and going, ah. Oh. And people enjoyed it, was kind of like, oh, wait, okay, this is a valid way for me to process my emotions. And now I'm just, I find writing, my creative journey is a little bit interesting at this point in my life because I go through phases of being like very much writing, 100% in it, whereas, and then I'll take a couple of months off. And that sort of just feels the flow of it. But Snakes and Weeds was really interesting because it came right in the middle of that, like one of those spark couple of months. And I literally wrote it, went to studio, and exactly how you hear it now is how it came onto paper. It was one of those weird miracle sort of writing things. And I feel a lot of pressure sometimes to recreate that, which is why I've taken a little bit of a break, take a couple months off, and when inspiration hits again, I'll, I'll go back at it.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um, thanks for sharing that. That's, that's great to hear that it's not uh, it's not always just written word for some people in your, in this case, it was kind of more spoken word and that's where your confidence uh, I guess comes across because um, yeah. you're, a, you're definitely a confident girl on stage, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, sure. And great to see, great to see. Yeah.
1: It's um, it, I think that's where like Joe was saying, so much of my love for music is being on the stage and when you see us live, snakes and weeds and tracks like that are really performed with quite guttural emotion. And I'm not trying to stand there and sing the song perfectly. I want to perform it how I'm feeling it, yeah. and that's the most important part for me: is how does this song make me feel? And I want to give that to the audience.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I mean, there's an there's an amazing part of being a punter on st- um you know in the crowd, watching a band do their thing live. Uh, and just that raw emotion every time it's never the same, um, and never the same show, never the same stage, never the same venue, which is all really cool. And also, um, support bands and all sorts of things have an influence a little bit on the night too, um, which I, uh, I really love. So, um, you've been, you've played many gigs recently um out just recently but or, and all sorts of venues which is really cool too um even from one of the little indie venues in melbourne the gem um uh it's a great great place to be so how much do you really obviously you said you love being out there but obviously you don't take anything for granted anymore uh as far as this just happening and being able to get a stage and play a gig so do you kind of feel like you just give every gig even more now
1: um, just like my mind. Like I was at uni last year and I had the opportunity to go back this year and I decided not to and just do this full time and throw myself completely into it because when else am I going to be 21 and in a band and I want to give it everything I've got and I feel like that's such a post-COVID mentality and such a – that it just drives me so much to make this music and get on those stages.
0: Yep, yep, really cool. Um, and uh, it's a great tee you're in there too. Uh, I must comment on Joe, uh, the Unknowns Band. Yep, yeah, I reckon probably one of the best Australian bands at the moment. Yeah,
2: great. Yep. Hey boys.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's touch on that. Um, while well, we've we've got it, not just the Unknowns, obviously, but just give me one other artist. Um, that may not everyone may not have necessarily know. Um, you either may play with these these crew. Um, or you've seen them out there or heard of them. Um, I need one from each of you. So who, who, should, who should we be looking at?
1: I'm going to give two and cheat. My first one is one that I think everyone has to see, which is Battlesnake, because they will blow your mind. The yeah. amount of, like, performance that those boys give is insane. We played with them the other day. Second tracks I've been spinning a lot is I've been spinning a lot of Mannequin Death Squad. Those guys are absolutely killer.
0: Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> all right, I'll um, check that out.
2: I'm also going to give two um, purely bit biased because they're friends of ours, but I think they're really good. Uh, the Maggie Pills, yeah, and okay. the Mix, both both Melbourne bands, both killer. So, yeah, and definitely go check them out. Absolutely killing it.
0: Awesome, awesome. Now I know there's a couple of gigs coming up, but when do you get to hit the road? Uh, are you doing that at all? Uh, interstate. Trips? What's what's the process and uh, how far away for you guys? It's
2: it's on the cards. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned before briefly, we should have two songs out by the beginning of next year, early next year, kind of thing. Uh, hopefully, we can do some shows off the back of that. Uh, try and go somewhere else other than the city because yeah, we've been playing for four years, and the furthest we've got out
0: of the city is Frankston. We
1: went to Frankston. That's a trip. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I did hear that. I did hear that. Let's touch on uh, old famous Frankston. Um, where was the gig and just tell me a little bit about how it went?
1: It's an absolute gem of a place called Singing Bird in Frankston and it's one of the best places um, to go just a bit out of Melbourne. They've got a wonderful setup there in terms of the venue. The main part that's just the best is that they do all-ages shows there. So you get, the, you get the kids coming down and they just have the best time. And I feel like the energy at all-ages shows
2: is just magic.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree we, with that.
2: Yeah. We, we played there for actually, it was the Maggie Pills <laughs> album, album launch. Um, so, yeah, that was, it was a good good show, good turn up. Stu, who runs the place, is a really good guy. Absolutely yeah,
1: legend.
2: Yeah, if you get a chance, that's head down there, you actually gig. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and look, to be fair, Maggie Pills were were lucky to have you guys as support. So don't don't talk <laughs> yourselves down. Um, you never know they they may support you on an album launch. We'll see. Um, but they're doing some great things at the moment. Um, absolutely, Maggie Pills. Uh, check them out. So I'm just going to flash back to uh, one of her previous recordings, Alice, um, and just just a little bit on on the clip, and we'll just talk about this clip in particular. I won't play too much of it, but let's check this out. <laughs>
1: Taste the president's name, it seems to last me Cutting out pieces of myself like shots broken broke
0: You go um with Alice from the Steel EP I believe. Um that was uh yeah it's that's, that's a great song too. And and I really love the the clip for that as well. Um I feel like I'm kind of flashback to Rage days um watching Rage T V and it's pretty cool. So how did that kind of clip come about? Where did where did the content for that come?
1: I made that one. I think the technical term would be a video collage. It's cuts of lots of different, um, I think there's a couple of Japanese horror movies in there. There's lots of different clips in there and it just, I used to do a lot of that sort of stuff in my solo career where I would kind of take clips and like going back to Lana again. She's well known for doing that early on in her career and just like taking clips that match how you view the song and that electric blue that came through and Alice really like, yeah, I wanted to put, put that in the video and I feel like it came across pretty well.
0: Definitely. Um, and how important do you think a video really is still for a, for a song?
1: It's a, it's a strong debate at the moment. Um, <laughs> I think that the age we're in now with social media, we're consuming so much video content and me being a Gen Z, I associate so many songs I listen to with the visuals that I see mm. given to the songs online. So I think that they're absolutely invaluable. Do people sit down and watch a music video like they used to? Probably not as much, um, but I think they're still a very strong art form.
0: Yeah. What's uh, which side of the camp are you on, uh, um, Joe? I I
2: enjoy music videos and I think they are valuable. Um, I. It's hard, like, I don't know, yeah, as Holly said, the social media world, it's hard, like, essentially, a music video these days needs, I think, it's kind of something that people are only going to really watch, like, 60 seconds here and there, maybe. So, even if you're kind of just making a music video and you're chopping it up and putting it online, as I guess, as extra content, mm-hmm. it's kind of how you've got to do it. But I do like the whole finished uh, idea of packaging it all up with a song with a music video, I do really like that and I enjoy the process of being in them. Um, making, making them so
1: much fun.
2: Um, yeah, it's kind of, but at the end, but it's like you put something up, especially a music video, you spend a lot of time doing it and on YouTube and not many people will end up actually watching it. So it's mm. more of a kind but it's at the end of the day, it's there, it's an accompaniment to the music. If someone wants to watch it, they can, mm. but yeah, it's kind it's- of us
1: visuals for me are so integral to music. It's like when we wrote Snakes and Weeds, I went, it needs to look like this mm. and I, I I, do that when we're writing songs even. I'll, I'll sit down and be like, and the lights on stage are doing this and absolute props to the, the boys in my band because they somehow figure that out musically when I go and in this section the lights strobe, and they go, we well, you know what you mean but visuals are so integral for me and how I
0: um, consume music i totally agree i mean that a whole art you know art's not just music right it's the visual component uh that pieces it together and obviously what makes um movies uh what they are because of the music you ever turn the music uh, or the sound off in a movie and all of a sudden it's not scary right um yeah. so it's all about uh how the rest of it comes together and obviously the the music component, um, to me, is is still just as important as the visual component. So I'm glad you uh, agree, um, and I, I really think you're right. Time, it's not wasted time. I don't believe, um, even if it is consumed in small snippets, because it just gives you that little um, that little moment to be able to continuously market to as well. Uh, it's very hard to just play a song and just snap that up in eclipse and and people just fade away. They've got to have some memory, like you said, um, memory or moment, like you're visualizing yourself, Holly. Uh, and I think that's really important. So don't let that, uh, don't let anyone ridden that race against yeah. you on that. <laughs>
1: For sure.
0: All right. Let's talk about um, upcoming gigs. Yes. We've got a, we've got a big one coming up. Um, there's one before the cherry bar though, I believe.
1: We're going back to Frankston. Mm-hmm. We're, going, we're going all out. We're going to Frankston with a wonderful Brisbane band called Endless Valley, which will be a lot of fun, and a couple of local Frankston bands. Um, and then the day after is our our really big one. Um, we love the Cherry Bar, and we really want to um, we really want to make it a crazy rock and roll night. So that'll be a big one. We're playing with two absolutely killer bands. We're playing with romantics and the Valiants, and those two are just Killing it in the sort of old rock scene at the moment, absolute powerhouses. So feel very lucky to have such a killer lineup for that one. It'll be it'll be a really good night.
0: Yeah, and you've played um, a couple of great little venues there. I talked about the old bar before, but Bergie Seltzer um, oh, is a killer absolutely. venue now, especially with the new band room.
1: Yeah, oh, it was wonderful. We did that one in the front bar, and um, it was quite funny because it it was a choice to do it in the front bar because it became so crowded. But when it's so crowded like that, the energy in the room is just electric. So we love the burpee. It's so much fun.
0: I'm sure you would have um, blown that little archway apart uh, <laughs> if the burpees for sure. Uh, uh, yeah.
2: Most most of the footage you've probably seen on Instagram, but the most recent reels and stuff we mm-hmm. created is footage from that show. Um, so you'll see the videos that uh, Spook Cam created for us. Um, he was a, he Filmed that. Yeah.
1: That's all from the bogey
2: hole in the wall.
0: The hole in the wall, the band box. Yeah. Isn't it an amazing little space. It goes, it's kind of underrated, but there's a lot, a lot of kind of bands or even, um, doesn't matter what size the band is. Somehow they, they all get in there. Um, and yeah. it's kind of like really much a, a tiny little lounge room, clear, cleared yeah. out. Um, and you get to, you get to smash the pieces away. Um, but it's a big little bar. I thought that part was a little bar at the front. Um, and it's a really cool little venue. But the band room now is fantastic. Oh, um it's
1: have done it so well.
0: Uh, hope, yeah.
2: Hopefully next summer at we will be in the
1: band. <laughs> <laughs> well, upgrade great.
0: Yeah, that's okay. You never forget where you came from. So maybe you might do a little set in the front. Who knows? Uh, and then go out to the back. Um, we love the shows.
1: They're so much fun. That's why we love to play in a jam. It was so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's a weird kind of venue, the Gem, obviously with the sound over to around the corner, but they do such a good job with the sound there. Um, and to have so many good bands roll through that place, um, you can guarantee any night um, in Melbourne the, if you're out and about the Gem or the Lulee, um, uh and a few other bars around that area are, are all got something on. So we're so blessed in Melbourne, that's okay. for sure.
1: A wonderful
0: community around those places. You just feel so at home when you end up there. It's wonderful. Yeah, well it's all as you said, it's um it's very much about being around people, being around positive people at this stage of uh your journeys. Um and but also being able to um you know flick flick messages onto people and and see where they're up to as well and catch up with people. Nothing better than uh not having to do it on Zoom. So I really look forward to meeting you guys uh, at the Cherry Bar on the 7th um, and a shout-out to the Hound Dog uh, who's doing a killer job at the Cherry um, and he just put up a thing about him DJing on Wednesday night. So we have to give him a special shout-out to make sure he gets to do his thing. And that's why you have a bar, so you can do what you want. Um, but what a, what a good <laughs> Yeah
2: we probably spend a bit too much time there. If just be a little bit
1: too much. They've actually got a bed set up for me behind the bar with my name engraved
0: on it. Perfect. That's when you know you're, um, you've been there just enough.
1: <laughs> just enough. That's the yeah. members special.
0: Did you guys ever get to play the old Cherry Bar? I
2: wasn't old enough. No, I I didn't live down here at that point. Uh, When I initially moved, we moved to Queensland, so I've only been down here for about five years now. So, yeah.
0: I'm sure you've heard the the stories, right? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. And (laughs) everyone who comes to New Cherry sits there and goes, but it was not old cherry. So I know it was great. I know it was great. I've claimed
0: this one as my home. I love it. Yeah, I... I tell a lot of people if you're comparing the cherries, then you can't, you just can't. Um, It's like comparing bands. Bands Yeah, yeah, it's like bands bands with different lineups, or especially more probably the uh, singer. That's when you Mm -hmm. can't compare. Uh, You can kind of get away with it with different guitarists. Uh, There's a different feel, but not necessarily noticed. But when you've got that different front man or front girl, um, it's incredible uh, to to feel the difference and and i don't like to compare uh in those positions so um yeah very interesting all right guys um you guys have been fantastic thanks a lot for your time 45 minutes has flown by interesting enough when we talk about absorbing information before i sat there when i was playing that clip and thought how long am i playing it for jesus feels like a long time and it was only about a minute right uh exactly (laughs) to your point before uh, Joe, that what we're talking about with how much you can really absorb these days. But um, what we find with these shows, people absorb little snippets, come back later, hear a few more questions. But um, I can't go without getting a couple of influences off you, whether they be current influences or who's been the, probably the biggest influence in your music career from both of you.
1: Oh, okay. I'll go first. Um, I grew up with a lot of um pretenders, so Chrissy Hyde, big big fan. Um, but currently I am obsessed with Dead Weather, so that's probably my go-to at the moment.
2: Started started with 70s rock, and then moved slowly to White Stripes, uh, blues, punk, post-punk, and now idols is probably my biggest kind of influence at the moment. That's nice. uh, just
1: chaotic energy
0: yeah it's all about the chaos yeah uh, i can feel that i can sense that um so don't change it it's an awesome part about your band and the special path you're kind of creating um there's a melbourne band uh who's doing big things at the moment called the blowers uh who are also massive unknowns fans uh, and more yeah. likely friends of <laughs> yours or you know them but um they're killing it out there at the moment and they they do exactly that They don't change who they are. um, They just do it hard and do it well. So long may it continue. Uh, There's so much out there, right? Um, But attracting new audiences is always one thing. you just got to be true to what you do um, and just nail it and just love it, most importantly. All right, last question. There's two of you here. Um, You get to invite three people each to a party. Now they can be living or dead and they can be either influencers or friends or whatever, but who this is a, a joint party that you're going to have three people each. Who would it be?
1: Oh my gosh. What a question. I have to invite Alex. Sernick, he's the love of my life. He just doesn't know it yet. Um, <laughs> Alex planner. Because we were just talking about Alison Mothart um, and uh, I'm going to steal one of yours.
2: Yeah, um, I'm trying to have a think. I think musicians come to mind, but I think probably, I think you'd have to have Noel Lee and Gallagher. You would have to have you Nolan know, Lee. you have to have them both there <laughs> just because you just don't know what, what's going to happen. Yes. Like, just have them both there. And maybe because they're there, just add Damon Hulvan as well. <laughs> just
0: create the whole time
2: and just see if it implodes.
1: Oh, that sounds incredible.
0: <laughs> Can I have <laughs> no, That's, I that's- it's a joint party, so that means one of you has to invite Liam and one has to invite Noel, and neither of you they can't cross over.
2: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think so,
0: yeah. yeah, awesome. All right, guys, we're going to leave it there because we can talk forever, um, yeah. no doubt. So, uh, most importantly, this is the new EP, um, and really look forward to upcoming music. This is the the Backwoods uh, EP, and you can't forget that. In a couple of days' time. It's well, it's it's a couple of weeks' time, really, but it will come quick enough. October 6th is the first one. Singing Bird, if you're down in Frankston Way, if you're not, drive down there anyway, and then come back and do the double uh, at the Cherry. Um, nice Absolutely. So it is a big weekend, big weekend for you guys. Um, and look forward to meeting you at a gig soon. So fantastic. Thanks for joining me, guys. Um, great to hear you doing great things and keep it going most importantly
2: thanks
0: for joining us cheers well an awesome couple of guys uh from arabella and the heist we wish them all the best um some fantastic artwork uh in amongst their albums um but most importantly you're gonna have to get to a record shop or get on the internet and find them most importantly uh and this is where you do it it is we'll give you the link tree details arabella and the heist that's what you need to look up um and get on it because uh, these guys are doing some great things. And I can tell you, Holly um, absolutely tears it a new one on stage. So um, make sure you get out there and check it out. They're incredible talent um, and long may it continue. So look after yourselves. As we said for tomorrow night, um, we're going to catch up with Jeb Cardwell. So please join us for a chat. Um, and Thursday night, be down at Lully Tavern checking out Jeb's gig. So um, that'll be a great one before the public holiday, most importantly, in Melbourne and Grand Finals. So who cares about the Brownlow? Who cares what's happening there? We don't care um, anymore because Melbourne lost, uh, as we discussed. So went out in straight sets. But um, good luck, honestly, to Collingham Footy Club um, and Brisbane Football Club uh, on their quest um, for the big one. But right behind me is the Cherry Bar. Uh, That's the spot you're going to be on October 7th. Please get your tickets. Come along and support a great live music event. Most importantly, and if you can't support, please just jump on, buy a ticket and gift it to someone. Um, I guarantee you they'll thank you later. So get out there amongst it um, and we'll see you out there soon.